Okay, get out your Bible with me today, and uh, let's find 2 Kings chapter 7. 2 Kings, the 7th chapter. And let's take a moment and pray. Father, thanks so much. You're so good to us. Thank you for your spirit moving in our lives. Thank you for the voice of the Lord that we hear. We are your sheep. We hear your voice. We recognize what you're leading us to do. And uh, we believe that you're at work in our lives today. Lord, speak to our hearts, I pray now, through this message, through whatever you would have to say and do the rest of our time together. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're, we're in a series. We want to continue today with our series called One by One. Okay, everybody ready for some more of this? Come ready to get something today? And uh, one by one, we're talking about you as an individual uh, being effective in influencing with the good news uh, another person for the Lord. And not only to get to that person where they're saved and they have eternal life, but, but to help them, uh, as Jesus said in Matthew 28, make disciples of all nations. You want them to be a, a disciplined follower of the Lord. And so, and so we're equipping. I, I desire to inspire uh, and also equip, give you some tools to help make you effective in your walk and relationship with the Lord in being uh, helpful and in, in, in ministering to somebody else. Now, it's important that we not just get uh, fired up in here and then nothing happens after that. How many understand that's, that there's a danger of that taking place? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, no, if you, if you drink chocolate milk and you have a glass of milk and you put the chocolate in there, that you have to do something else. What do you have to do next? Stir it up. If you don't get excited about the Word, it doesn't work for you. All right? If you're not excited about what God's doing, don't plan on having any, any results in your life. Everybody with me? But how many know if you, if you were to do that, say you, you were a, a chocolate syrup type of person as opposed to the superior powder uh, in, your, in your milk... But maybe you were a, you had a big glass of milk and you took some of that chocolate syrup and you squirt it down in there and you put a good bit in there. How many know it's possible that you could put that in there and then look at it and it doesn't look any different? Right? So first of all, what do you do? Stir it up. What happens if you did this? What if you put that chocolate in there and you stirred it up real nice and hard? And you stirred it up, 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 and it didn't change. You looked at it and you thought, it's still white. What's going on with this? So you put some more in there, maybe a little powder, maybe a little syrup. You stirred it up some more, stirred it up, stirred it up, stirred it up, and it stayed white. Is something wrong? Yes. Something is really wrong if something is stirred but not changed. Is, it, is something wrong if a person comes to church and, woohoo, yeah, I'm excited about the Word of God and all that God's doing, and yeah, and we go out and we look the same? <laughs> Something's wrong, isn't there? Yeah, and so let's not let that happen to us. The Bible tells us that it's the doer of the Word, not the hearer that's blessed in his deeds, right? And so, and so if you want to walk in the blessing of God, we've got to put some things into practice. All right, over here in 2 Kings... Israel was being besieged by Syria. They had set, set up camp outside of Israel, and they were stopping everything from going in and going out. It was one of the methods of warfare where they would shut off all the supplies. Don't let them get any food and water and all the things, all the supplies that they need. And over time, how many understand they're going to get weaker and weaker and weaker? 
They're going to be deplenished, and, uh, and pretty soon they can just walk right in there and take them. All right? And by the way, it was working. They were hungry people, and everything went really expensive, and they even got to the point where some of those people, they got cannibalistic because they were so starving. And, uh, and it was a tragic situation, very, very uh, miserable conditions. We want to pick up here in verse 3 of chapter 7. It says, Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? Is that a good question? A lot of times people feel like, I can't do anything. I'm just helpless. I'm just, there's nothing I can do. Well, don't sit around and die. Be risky at least. <laughs> Get up and try something. Get up and move. Get up and do something. By the way, faith is something that causes people when they operate in it to be people of action. Faith is not I sit around on my butt waiting for God to do something for me. Hmm. Faith is called acting on the Word. It's taking what God said and acting like it's true. remember hearing recently about uh, R.W. Schambach, uh, uh, older minister of the gospel and I guess I don't know how long ago this was but he was driving down the freeway and started having a heart attack and uh, and he pulled over he's having a heart attack but instead of you know freaking out or having someone call emergency he got out of his car and started running and 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 yelling out devil you can't kill me devil you can't kill me what happened he lived he was healed supernaturally. I'm not say so you saying that's what I should do. <laughs> well, I'm saying you don't copy anyone else just because someone else did it. But I'm telling you, faith will get up and do something. Faith doesn't sit around and act like poor is me. How did how why did this happen to me? I just don't understand. Man, get up and act on the word of God. Act like he's on the throne and his word is true and see his power demonstrated in your life. Refuse to live just a mediocre, pathetic, nothing ever good happens in my life kind of life. All right? And let's let's trust God for great things to happen. I tell you what, his power is not limited. His arm is not shortened. He is not limited in what he can do to uh, move in your life. Let's trust him and act like it's true. Anyway, uh, these guys say, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we shall... Uh, we will enter the city. Well, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. Now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. In other words, can't get much worse than this. We might as well do something. A lot of people couldn't use that message. <laughs> Might as well do something. Uh, verse 5, And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians, and when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of the great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, and they fled for their lives." 
And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank and carried it from and carried from it silver and gold and clothing and went in and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent and carried some from there also and went and hid it. These guys having a good time? <laughs> I mean, they're laughing. They're, they're hungry the day before, thinking we're going to die. We're going to die here. We're going to die there. We might as well give it a shot. Now they're at the buffet. Right? They walk in there and say, this is nice. And they're eating and they're getting some new threads. And, and they're trying on stuff and they're getting some jewelry. And they got a new watch. And, and, and they're getting loaded up and they're cleaning stuff out. And they're hiding this stuff up over here. And, and they are good day for them right good news for these four dudes but something happens in the middle of this that should also happen to us now let's keep reading verse 9 then they said to one another we are not doing right this day is a day of good news and we remain what silent If we wait until morning, some punishment will come upon us. Now, therefore, come, let us go tell the king's household. And they did exactly that. And Israel was saved. And the blessing of God went on to help everybody. But this is something that needs to register with us because there's a big parallel with them and what's happening in the church today is that we have come into an abundance of God's blessing and supply and all that He wants to do, and uh, and it's great stuff. But there's a big problem when we keep our mouth closed about it. There's a big problem when we remain silent. And some have not recognized. They're still going from tent to tent. (laughs) Woo-hoo! And they go from service to service and Bible study and this event and this fellowship thing here and they're just having a great time living with God and God's blessing and that blessing them and they're increasing and it's great and they're having a wonderful time but they have not yet realized that what they're doing is not good what do we mean this is a day of celebration this is a day of good news and we're not supposed to keep it to ourselves we live in a time where you know second Corinthians 6 in verse 2 uh, it, it says, in, in, in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. This is the day when you and I are not supposed to remain silent. Okay? And I tell you what, the enemy wants to do everything in his power to get you and I to close our mouths. He wanted to keep you out of the kingdom. <laughs> wanted to keep you out of a true relationship with the Lord but he couldn't do it he lost on that battlefront and so here we are now what's his second uh, second goal here just to get you to shut up just get you just live your okay just take your little religion and just live it in your closet and keep that all that's that God stuff to yourself because people don't want to hear it and our culture moves more and more in this direction where it becomes taboo to talk anything God in the public arena. And there's all kinds of battles and there's court cases and the schools fight and the, you know, about Ten Commandment things here and, and different symbol, symbols here and, and God, they're trying to erase God off the, you know, in the new visitor center and the, and the 
Capitol building in Washington. They did, did made the replica, but they took in God We Trust off of the new one. And there, people are fighting to get it off the coinage and the Pledge of Allegiance. And come Christmas time, you know, there are some stores and businesses that refuse. They won't allow their employees to say Merry Christmas. They have to limit it to a you know Happy Holidays or something. But so it's like, what do you think these people are buying presents for? <laughs> are these Thanksgiving presents? Are these New Year's presents? <laughs> that would be Christmas. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm talking about? And, and uh, anyway, that kind of stuff is rampant in our culture today. I believe some of it is it comes from a spiritual root where the enemy wants to get you and I to shut up. Doesn't want people talking about the Lord. Doesn't want the good news to be spread. Some of us have it. Keep it to yourself. And you can have your little thing. Keep it in your little, keep it in your churches and don't take it out into the public arena. And that's wrong. It is not good that we remain silent. It's time for us to recognize that what the Lord has done for us and in us is done as, a, as like a starting block to kick us off into sharing these things with all the people around us. All right? Many have been, become content in their life with simply not doing wrong. They changed some things, and the Lord helped them. They're no longer addicted to this, and they don't no longer speak like a talk like a sailor, and and they they no longer are mean and rough, or they have changed a lot of things in their life, and they're content. Well, I no longer do this. I'm a I'm a Christian. But listen, our Christianity should not be defined simply by what we don't do, but rather what we do do. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> And so many have a good relationship with the Lord, and they become satisfied with that, and they think, this is it. This is what life is all about, and it's not. We were never meant to be a swamp where everything flows into us and nothing flows out of us, where we just continue to receive and receive and receive and receive and stink after a while. Turn with me over to Luke chapter 8. I want to show you the Lord really has a great plan in how this works. And it's really not difficult either. This is a very, it's very easy, uh, easy thing to be involved with. In Luke chapter 8, this is the, the, the account here. Some of you may be familiar with it, where there was um, the man of the Gadarenes who was demon-possessed. Jesus came over there and ministered to him. This is guy, remember, he lived in the tombs. The guy... He didn't wear clothes, and, and he was cutting himself with rocks. And this guy was seriously messed up. He had uh, more than a few hitchhikers. You know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and, 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 and Jesus came in, delivered him, cast those ugly things out of him. And you might remember the story, how they wanted to go into the, into the pigs, uh, into the swine. And, uh, and so he gave them permission. It was an illegal trade in their day. And, and he gave them permission to go into, those, into the swine. And remember, they... Uh, the swine went off the embankment, and they, they, they flew off that embankment into the water and drowned. By the way, that's the first mention of swine flu. And, uh, uh, and, <laughs> and uh, anyway, we, we come to the part in the story. Aren't you glad everything's in the Bible? <laughs> we come to the story here in Luke 8 verse 38 8:38 says now the man from whom the demons had departed begged him that he might be with him but Jesus sent him away saying return to your own house 
and tell what great things God has done for you. Notice what he told him. The guy wanted to follow the Lord, and you would think, well, Jesus, aren't you trying to get some more followers here? And he said, I want to go with you. And he said, no, I want you to go home. You go home and tell of the great things that God has done for you. Is the Lord still telling people to do that today? Yeah, go home and tell what the Lord has done in your life. Look what he did. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him for they were all waiting for him. In other words, the guy could have went with Jesus, and that would have been probably fine. It would have been good for him, and his relationship with the Lord would have grown and increased. But the Lord had a different plan. I don't want you coming with me. I want you to go home and talking about what I just did for you. And what that did is it set up a mass revival in that city where everyone else came. Because by the time Jesus got there, like the Scripture says, everyone was waiting for him. They were ready. What if he hadn't have gone back? Or what if he went back and went home and just said, Thank you, Lord. Well, I bet when Jesus held his meeting, it wouldn't have been full. There would have been some people that were helped, but many would have missed out. Why? Because of one person staying silent. It is the plan of God. It is his way that he does something in us and we tell about it. Isn't that simple? Isn't that really an easy plan? I don't even have to be a rocket scientist to figure this out. What am I going to say? Tell what great things the Lord has done for you. Now, I want to expound on this. But uh, take a look at 1 John chapter 1. 1 John, that's over by Revelation. 1 John 1. We shared with you a little bit before about being a witness. Remember that? A witness is one who has knowledge of, a, of an event from personal observation or experience. Okay, A witness simply testifies to uh, what he has seen or, uh, or what has happened to him. And this is what we're called to do. I'm not necessarily uh, called to talk about something I don't know about. My job and my responsibility in this is not to share something I don't know, but to share, to speak about what has happened to me. All right, that's not too difficult. I tell you what happened to me. When you hear what happened to me, it causes you to come to the Lord. That's how that works. And I'll show you that more uh, in, in, in a little bit here. But look at 1 John chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, no, that's not 1 John. <laughs> it says, that which... We have seen and heard. Notice the language. What we have seen and heard, we declare to you. That you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. What were they talking about? He said simply, what we've seen and what we heard. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're declaring. Well, that sounds pretty easy. I just have to tell what, what I've seen, what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, only prerequisite to this is you have to have seen and heard something. But as soon as you do, you just tell that. Let me give you a couple other scriptures. You don't need to turn to these, but Acts 4.20. Acts 4.20 says, For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen 
and heard. Acts 22.15 says, For you will be his witnesses to all men of what you have seen and heard. You see, God will move in your life not just for the sake of you, but for the sake of all whom your testimony will impact. This is His plan. He never wants to just move in a life and it be stopped right there. Although, why did the Lord set the demoniac free? It's simply for the demoniac's sake, right? The madman there, he wanted him free. Love, mercy, compassion wanted that man free. However, the Lord always has a second part to it. Move in one's life, they tell, and it gets expanded and blown up. This is still how the Lord works today. I know sometimes people think about themselves, and I do want you to think about yourself now. This is, what we're, this is the mode we're in. Think about what God has done for you. But we, th- we talk about being saved, and we think, man, I didn't, I was not even, I didn't even have one demon, let alone like thousands. Huh? I don't have a story like that. Well, let me tell you about me. I don't either. All right? Many people have varying stories and different levels of, I guess, drama to their lives. Mine's not real high. Okay? So, I'm guessing that you're either like me, and I'll tell you my story in a second here. It'll be quick, though. (laughs) Or you've got a better one. So I'm a good example here. Why? Because the Lord has used what He's done in me to impact many people. Even my salvation, my conversion experience. I was a kid. I was just a little kid. I was laying on my bed. My grandmother shared the gospel with me, how I needed to receive the Lord. I did. I was saved. The end. (laughs) Wasn't that great? (laughs) Anybody got goosebumps? (laughs) Woo! woo, That was powerful. (laughs) It was. But here's the deal. Now, I know some of us recognize, and I recognize this too, even though it was not dramatic, my spirit was dead and it became alive. I have an eternal relationship with God just as much as someone who had some radical, wild lifestyle. But I realize this. My story is not that sexy. <laughs> it's not that, whoo, that was a great story. I mean, I mean, I was a sinner. I was a kid, but, you know, I, I know I sinned, but I wasn't on the verge of lifetime prison sentence. Didn't kill anybody. Wasn't addicted to anything. I was just lost. But listen, I've shared that story, and I, you know, blew it up a little bit. (laughs) A little more detail. And seen people come to the Lord. I've shared my little simple testament about being a kid and coming, coming to Jesus. And the power of God, the anointing of God's Spirit, come on me while I'm talking about it. In a powerful way, I'm not an evangelist, I'm a pastor. But an anointing that drew people to the Lord. And I thought, wow, how did he use that? That was just like so minuscule. I mean, if I had a madman testimony or something, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> but I mean, I'm not gonna out, for that, out to get that. I'm not picking up any demons today. Uh, 
But I'm telling you, if you've received the Lord, you have an eyewitness account of being saved. You do. You were there. You were there when it happened. You experienced it firsthand. And I pray that the Lord will bring these things to your mind so you can understand how to communicate it. But even beyond that, because some of you have a way better story. I mean, you could come up here and we'd all have goosebumps and we'd all be shedding tears by the end of it and we'd say, man, God did an amazing thing in you. And, and, uh, and that's great. And there's opportunity for you, to, for you to use that to help another person. But it's not only what the Lord has done in me all those years ago. Not too many. <laughs> but what the Lord has done in me since then. And for me personally, there are other things that are more real, more dramatic, times of experiencing God and seeing the miraculous and seeing people healed and set free and experiencing His blessing and increase in my own life that I can point to. And this is what the Lord wants us to do. I've received something from Him. He did it for me and for me alone because He loves me, but He doesn't want it to end there. He answers my prayer and wants me to tell you about it wants me to tell someone else and it gets perpetuated throughout many many people and you have things that the Lord has done in your life and it would be valuable so much for another person for you to identify specific things that you can talk about the devil wants you to shut up wants you to think I don't have anything I don't have anything to say I don't have anything that will help anybody Listen, if the Lord can take the boy with a couple fish and loaves of bread and feed the multitude, He can take your little story and change a life. And He's done it with me. And He'll do it with you. I want you to look at John chapter 4. Let me show you another one of these stories. The Lord has a very good plan here. What have you seen? What has He done in your life? John chapter 4. Now, you know this story is when Jesus went to the well to get something to drink, and there was that woman there, that Samaritan woman, and he started having a conversation with her, and before you know it, he's reading her mail. He's talking to her about her past life and, and, and all the things she's involved with, and she starts asking him questions, and he talks to her about worship, and, and, and she had a great experience, you know, learning about living water and all this good stuff. John 4, verse 28. The woman then left her water pot went her way into the city and said to the man, Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. Why did they come to Jesus? Because she told them about her experience with Jesus. Same way it works today. Why are people coming to the Lord? Because, because someone else came first. And they told them what happened to them. They came for that very reason. Look at down at verse 39. It says, And many of the Samaritans that of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified, He told me all that I ever did. They believed in the Lord for what reason? Because of the woman's testimony. Because of what she said. She said, he told me everything I ever did. And they believed in Jesus. Why are some people going to believe in the Lord today? Not because of what the Lord said. Because of what you said. Their first step into a relationship with God is typically not, God said this and I believed it. No, you said something and they believed that. 
they knew you or they believed your amazing story. You told them about how, how God set you free. And they believed that and came to the Lord and then they entered into a relationship with Him. But it started with a relationship with you. It started with me. Now, sometimes I think people think, well, you know, there's this, there's this guy in my family and he's, you know, my whatever, son, brother, cousin, uncle, pet, whatever. And he's got this problem. He's really messed up in this certain area of life. But I don't really know anything about that. I've never had that problem in my life. So I don't know how I can help him. Well, first of all, Jesus didn't have those problems either. And he helped people with all kinds of situations. All right. But I can't testify personally. The Lord set me free from nicotine. I've never been a smoker. Hmm? So I don't have that testimony. Some of you do. Should you use it? Sure. If it's appropriate, use it. And guess what I'm also going to do? If I find a, if I'm in a situation where I, and I'm talking to a person and they said, I can't quit this, these stupid things and I can't get rid of them. I tried and I tried and I tried. I can't say, well, I did this. No, but I'm going to use your story. <laughs> because I don't have it, I'm going to borrow yours. And say, so, well, I know this other guy. In fact, he goes to my church and the Lord set him free. I believe the Lord will do the same for you. Hmm. I've never been, now I've walked in the blessing of God. One of my testimonies is, is, is I'm healed. I walk in health. Praise God. I'm glad. I know it's not real exciting, but I've never been healed from cancer. Never had cancer. I've never been terminal. I've never been on life support. Some of you have. And so if I'm in a situation and I need that kind of story, I can't use my own story. But I can use your story. I can use someone else's. I can, start, I can lay hands on lots of people, pray for people who are in bad situations, and then I'll use their stories. Well, I just talked to this guy last week, and God set him free. He delivered him from his drug addiction, from his terminal condition, or from this messed up marriage, and, and, and whatever the gamut of problems people have in life are, Jesus is the answer. And whether I personally have that problem or not, someone does. And there's, if we're hanging around the company of the saints, the believers, we're going to see and run into people regularly who are being set free by God's power. This is a method unto a person receiving the Lord. They hear of someone else whom God did great things in. If it's your story, great. That's the best situation. It's the most real when it, when it literally happened to you. But look what, look what happened here. Uh, with this with this woman verse 40 440 so the so when the samaritans had come to him they urged him to stay with them and he stayed there 2 days and many more believed because of his own word but how did they hear his own word because of her word then they said to the woman now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this indeed is the Christ, the Savior of the world. And so how this works is I share about the great things that God has done in my life. Someone believes not the Lord necessarily, they believe me. Because they believe and see in me the great works of God, then they're going to go the next step 
and go directly to the Lord. Why? Well, obviously because I'm not the Savior, first of all. But they go to Him. Then they have a personal eyewitness account of God changing their life. And from there, now they're a first-hand testimony. Now they're a first-hand eyewitness of the goodness and the great works of God. They heard about one in me or maybe one in someone that I know, someone close to me. I told them how great God is, and they believed that. They came to the Lord. God did a great thing in them, and now they've got a testimony. And they share with someone else. God did great things in me. Isn't that an easy plan? I mean, again, you don't have to know, uh, have er uh, just the whole Bible memorized. You don't have to have everything figured out, know the answer to every question. I just need to know this. What has God done in my life? What has He done in me? What, it, what, what could, could I articulate to another person? And what I want to do is I want to have all these stories, these real-life testimonies in my arsenal. What do I mean? Just because I'm going throughout my life and I run into people here and i got relationships with these over here and I've got all these things packed around. I carry them with me. Because if we start talking, then I you say, I can't remember them all. The Spirit brings things back to our remembrance. But know that He does this. You'll think of a story. You'll think of a person. And it might be someone you don't even know real well. You heard the testimony in church. Or they sit someone, I know this person. They sit down in the pew for me. They were very similar to your situation. And you're just having lunch with someone. And they, they start talking about their problems. How many know people do that? <laughs> Far too much. But we are going to take advantage of it. <laughs> we are going to jump all, all over it. How? Oh, you've been having that. You know, I know someone who had that problem because you do. Pay attention now. Pay attention to those around you. If it hasn't been you, someone around here's had it. Someone around here's been set free. We're seeing miracles all the time. I mean, I ask, I ask, I could do it again. How many in here have ever been in your life have ever been physically healed of something by the Lord? The vast majority. You have a personal testimony there. It's beyond your salvation. If you don't, we'll get you fixed up. We'll make you sick and get you healed. No. <laughs> no, if you're healthy, good. That's a testimony in and of itself. That's a better one. <laughs> Yay, God. But I'm telling you, we have things that God has done in our lives, and we just need to talk about them. And if I, again, if I don't have the story, I'm going to use your story. There's my eyewitness account of things that I have seen and done, what the Lord has done in my life. There, is, uh, there are things that I personally know of, and there are, there are things that I've witnessed in other people's lives. And, uh, and this really gets us ready to be able to have an impact in someone else's life because we've got to get past the mentality that, man, I'm, God's good to me. My life is blessed. My life has increased. He's poured out His blessings in me. I'm just happy going from tent to tent. I'm just happy getting more revelation and learning more and more from my life. We've got to come to the realization that it's not good. It's not good for us to just be enjoying everything while everyone else around us is doing without. When it's in our power, it's in our ability to say, Hey, the Syrians are gone. Come in here and get some stuff. The buffet is open. Come on now. The, the mall is open. All the cash registers are gone. <laughs> Come get yourself some new, new duds, right? <laughs> and, and, and that's what we're talking about in spiritual terms. We, we, we want 
people to recognize the great things that God has done for us. Amen. And I want to pray for you now. I'm going to pray real specifically. And, uh, and I'm, I, I want the Lord to bring back to your remembrance things that He has done in your life that can be used because what He did in you, again, I'll say it again and again, what He did in you, He wants it to be known by others. So we've got to be mindful of these things. Not that our experiences have ended. If you're living with the Lord, you're walking with Him day in and day out, I tell you what, especially if you hang around here because I really believe in this strong, that we are to have continual experiences with God. Whether it's through us to minister to another person, whether it's what we've been seeing in our believers' meetings on Wednesday nights where the presence of God just comes, uh, the glory of God comes in here, and it's just powerful. There's there's experiences in the Lord where you walk with Him and it's real to you. When it's real to you, you communicate it different. It's not just about quoting facts and information. You have a living relationship with God where He moves and does great things in you as as a regular course. And so I, I want not only to increase the activity of spiritual involvement in your life, but also for these things to be brought back to our remembrance. So that we know, yeah, 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 God did great things for me. I don't want to minimize that. I don't want to act like, well, that's not a very good one. If it's God, it's good. Amen. If it seems small to you, man, it can still uh, change another life. Amen. Father, thank you to, today for your presence, for your spirit working in us. I believe that you're at work now in our hearts and in our lives. And just like this Holy Spirit has been sent to bring all things that you have said to our remembrance. Lord, may each and every one here be able to call to remembrance even now and bring to mind those things that you have done in their lives from their initial salvation experience to being filled with the Spirit to being set free from various things that they've gone through from all the various stuff that's that's happened in their lives to the healings and the miracles and the answered prayers and the provision Lord bring them back to their remembrance so they can have a mighty impact on the life of another thank you for helping us in this thank you for leading us in the way that we should go providing opportunities for us to be used of you to impact the world. Father, I do pray and ask for those who have come to the service this morning, for all those who've come that have never received.